0: Welcome to the Breaking Over the Anxiety Podcast. I am your host, the Anxiety Nutritionist, Gut and Hormonal Health Expert, Yoga and Meditation Teacher, and Cat Mom Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your anxiety disorder through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. And today I have brought on my friend and colleague, Lauren knee Lauren was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 26 years old. And this diagnosis was a catalyst for change for the rest of her life. She turned her pain into purpose just like I did, and left a career in finance and became a holistic nutritionist and a master mindset coach that specializes in breast cancer. And as Lauren's personal healing journey of both physical and mental health continued, she was led to work with plant medicines like psilocybin mushrooms and ayahuasca as a way to overcome her own mental health struggles. She now leads women's mushroom retreats and is a certified plant medicine integration coach and Lauren and I have been friends online friends for a few years now. And she sent me a message uh, a few months ago saying she had started making all these tweaks to her diet based on everything I constantly talk about. And she saw major, major improvements in her anxiety levels. So then we were chatting about just her anxiety and how she was in complete denial that she even had anxiety until about three years ago, which is actually probably around the time, we met, yeah, it would have been uh twenty twenty. And that's also when plant medicine showed up in her life. And all of this really took her on a journey of healing from decades of having anxiety through a mix of the physical, mental, and emotional healing work. And I was like, okay, stop, like pause, like we were talking about this in the DMs of Instagram, and I was like, stop we have to take this conversation onto my podcast, which is exactly what you'll be listening to today. So in this episode, Laura and I chat about her realization of living with anxiety for years, her journey of recovering from breast cancer, the profound impact of ayahuasca and plant medicine, recognizing and shifting unconscious patterns, The concept of our bodies keeping score, somatic work, the power of healing, disassociation, mindfulness practices, listening to our bodies, building a solid foundation for change, the importance of supporting the physical body when dealing with an anxiety disorder. Like we, this was such a juicy conversation. We also talked about the importance of emotional and mental support in the healing process. Like, oh, I just cannot wait to share this episode with you. I hope you enjoy it Lauren welcome to the breaking up with anxiety podcast I'm so glad we could do this
1: I know me too I'm super excited to be here
0: I'm gonna let you jump into everything but really quickly before a little background for everyone we've known each other for a few years now Uh, We actually met on a sales call for someone else's (laughs) program and just became like we connected so quickly and we've kind of been in touch ever since. And we were chatting a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago now, I don't know, time flies, but we were chatting about you know, your journey with cancer and how that eventually led to plant medicine and how for the past three years you had anxiety, but you were like in denial about it until, you know, the medicine showed you. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this on the pod because I hear this a lot. I actually had someone just sign up for my program the other day who said by signing up for this, I'm basically like, confronting the fact that I do actually have anxiety and I've been in denial about it for a long time. And I think there's a lot of people who can probably resonate with that. I myself was diagnosed, so there was nothing to be in denial about. Like it was, the label was slapped on me and I had the medication, but I have a lot of conversations with people who say like, what if I don't have an official diagnosis? So why don't you take it away? And I guess, you know, start from wherever you want to start.
1: Yeah, I mean, even just to touch on what you said, like, there's so much shame, I think, even just even in like the spiritual community around still having a mental health disorder, because when we are on such a personal growth path, we're like, oh, well, I can just look at the limiting beliefs behind why I feel anxious, and then I can reprogram new beliefs, and then I won't feel anxious anymore. So that's kind of where I was for like, the few years leading up to, like actually being shown that I have had anxiety for a very, very long time. I was in denial about it because I'm like, well, I'm just going to rewire my beliefs and do all this. And part of my healing actually was learning from so many people in the spiritual community who actually had undiagnosed anxiety for years, just like myself. It's actually a rampant problem. So I'm definitely not alone in it. And I know it's great that someone just signed up for your program um, to actually confront it and be honest, because when we are radically honest with ourselves, that's when the true healing happens. So um, yeah, so my journey with anxiety today, where do we begin? <laughs> um, so then as you kind of shared, I was shown through my very first ever ayahuasca ceremony that I actually had anxiety and that the very first time I ever experienced anxiety was when I was two years old. And it was my It was the first memory I've ever had. And I've never forgotten this memory. So this wasn't like a memory that was like new to me. Like even as an adult, I was like, there's probably some crazy trauma associated with this memory because who really remembers things from when they're two years old? Like no one really has memories from that time. But I've never forgotten this experience that happened to me. And then it was really showing me that that was the first time I didn't know how to process the experience that, that happened, that I just went into a state of anxiety and through similar experiences through my, you know, not so joyful childhood, um, that was a pattern that was reinforced. So because I had been kind of like living from this lens of anxiety from actual childhood, I actually didn't know that the way that other people lived differently, because that was what I, that was my only known lived experience. So when I just thought, oh, yeah, like whenever I had anxiety, like obviously being an entrepreneur, there's launches, especially when you're first starting a business and you're wearing all the hats. Like I definitely had periods of higher anxiety, but I would be like, oh, it's because I'm just launching and I'll come back to normal. But I never realized that my normal was actually undiagnosed anxiety, like pretty significant. So it was really interesting to me when, um, yeah, I had that first ayahuasca ceremony. It was The hardest thing ever. And I'm really grateful that I actually signed up for a retreat because I had committed to a week long experience where I drank medicine, ayahuasca three more times. So four ceremonies total. Otherwise, I don't think I ever would have would have gone again. It was so intense that first ceremony truly um, what it was for me was actually feeling all of the anxiety that I had resisted feeling for, you know, three decades at that point. And all in a night, <laughs> it was very, very difficult. Um, but it was one of the most life-changing experiences for me. And then the healing of that, the integration of that has been now three years of actually healing and breaking up with anxiety, you know, if you will. Um which is oh, we such, will <laughs> which has been such a beautiful journey, um, to truly come into a place of acceptance with myself love for every aspect of who I am and using that alchemy to regulate my nervous system and living from a regulated place and you know being honest like it's still a bit of a journey with me my nervous system isn't as regulated as I know it can be but I'm at a place where I've never even known what this level of kind of Like calmness can feel like in my body. Like there's still some anxiety that's just kind of always a little bit there, but I have so much compassion for myself because I recognize that I've been living with that for over 30 years at this point. So the fact that now, like, I'm at a place where I'm as regulated as I am, it just feels can I swear on your podcast? It 100%. it feels fucking awesome. <laughs> I just love it so much. So, um, yeah, I don't know where you want to go from there, but that's kind I of a journey.
0: <laughs> so many questions. First of all, I I just got tingles and goosebumps. I'm just so thrilled to hear this. Let's start with because you said you know this was shown to me. A memory was shown to me from when I was two years old. So let's start with that for people who are unfamiliar with ayahuasca. Why don't you explain a little bit about what that plant medicine is, what you mean when you say you were shown this memory. And then I'd love to talk about the integration of it. And I'd also just love to talk about what you've been doing these last three years. I (laughs)
1: love all of this. That sounds so great. So um, to start with what ayahuasca is. So For anyone who's curious, if they've never heard about it, it's spelled A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. It is a combination of two plants grown in the Amazon and blended together and brewed as a tea. And when you drink this tea, it is one of the most powerful psychedelic substances on the planet. So it basically creates DMT in our brain. And allows the DMT to create a very intense experience. So, people are drawn to experiences like this for lots of different reasons. So, the first thing I want to say is that absolutely, in no way, shape, or form, do I believe every human being on earth should drink ayahuasca or do some type of plant medicine because like you said, we're going to talk about the integration, because my whole belief is that plant medicines and psychedelic medicines, they're never necessary, nor are they sufficient, they can be an extremely powerful catalyst tool, like the fact that I've been able to heal over three decades of trauma and anxiety in honestly, like record time is due to the rapid results that I received with this medicine. But you can do that, through so many other ways, you know, like traditional therapy and all these things. And I know, um, you know, you have your views on that as well. I love my therapist, but it's just it's one piece of a puzzle, right? And Mm-hmm. The I'm sure you'll get into it as well, that like the unlocking the nervous system piece and really regulating the nervous system and letting go of those beliefs and traumas that form the dysregulation in the first place is really the true key to lasting, sustainable freedom and transformation. But when you so a lot of people are drawn to this plant when they kind there's a lot of reasons. So I'll share why I was drawn to it. I have been running my business for a couple of years at this point. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor, which you had mentioned, you know, earlier on in the intro for me. And I have a 12-week course that helps other survivors who um, are just really looking to overcome this anxiety and feel really healthy and confident in their bodies again. Because, as you know, I'm sure your community understands that there's some gaps in care in the traditional medical system. It serves a purpose, but it's known to treat symptoms. It doesn't ever address root cause. So when and my clients go through something like a surgery, a chemotherapy, and or radiation, and then they're left with like nothing after to really help them address the root causes that created this condition in their body in the first place. They're left with usually extreme anxiety, because you really don't know how to feel safe in your body again, which is really what anxiety is. <laughs> so um, and then there's, you know, so that's what I do. So I have this 12 week program that really helps survivors feel extremely confident in their prevention plan by addressing Addressing kind of all the ways that we um addresses really root cause and addresses anxiety as well. So from a physical standpoint, which we are super aligned with on nutrition and really amping up that protein baby power, power protein to the baby. protein baby. <laughs> so really amping that up and you know, really addressing inflammation, teaching them how to eat in a way that's going to support their hormonal health, their gut health lowering inflammation, balancing their neurotransmitters, all of the things. And then we do a lot of work on regulating the nervous system, actually releasing trauma um, and, you know, the practical implementation of that. So that way they can rewire the conditioning that keeps them from, you know, feeling safe in their bodies and all of these things. So I have been running this program for years. There's nothing else like that out in the world and you know, I have lots of clients. I have so many testimonials. This course changes lives day in and day out and I just didn't understand why it's my business it still felt so hard to run it was still like pulling teeth to get clients it's like I had testimonials for days these women are so like they need to be served and no one's doing it I'm like how is this not possible that I don't have a steady stream of clients like why does this feel so hard and then COVID happened and you know the world was you know in complete disarray no one wanted to spend money because they didn't know if they'd have a job next month which I have so much empathy before, So then running my business just felt even harder. And I just like had this moment where I was just like, I have no idea why this feels so hard. And I went into a real depression about it because I mean, obviously it was still COVID like, you know, the world was all shut down. So there's lots of reasons to be depressed. And it's just, I just couldn't shake this feeling that like everything in my life felt so hard. And I was like, I felt like this two years prior to this, I had an actual mental breakdown. How did I not clue when I had I didn't have anxiety. You know what I mean? Like I'm mentioning that I'm depressed two years ago. I had, before that, I had a mental breakdown. And you had breast cancer. Like
0: who would not develop some kind of anxiety from oh, the trauma? Of a crazy like that? denial,
1: people like people so were you, in crazy denial. When
0: you told me, like I just realized three years ago I had it. I was like, wait, sorry, what? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> right, and I told my friends like right after that ceremony, I was messaging them like because i have been friends with a certain group of friends for like 15 years. I was like, hey guys. Mm-hmm did you know that I had anxiety? And they're like, you, you didn't know that you had anxiety? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, Lauren, we knew. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like when it was, I developed it so young that I literally only had like that, like when you, it's like you when you it was under- normal. Yeah, like that's just how it was. Like I didn't know that other people didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway. You so thought it was
0: like part of your personality probably. Yeah, All of my women who've had it since they were little. I didn't, I got it at 21. So, but I work with a lot of women who've had it their whole life. And it took them a long time to realize, like, oh, this isn't normal. Like, I'm not just an anxious person. Like, this is actually a disorder. When
1: I mean that, like, this was earth-shattering news to me. Like, I mean it was earth-shattering news. Like, all my friends like, how did you not know that you had anxiety? I was just like – It was just, it was um, like, I couldn't unsee it once I saw it, but it was just like, I literally just didn't know. Like, of course, like I mentioned, there were times that I knew I had anxiety with launches and things like that, but I came back down to like my baseline, but Mm -hmm. that baseline was generalized anxiety disorder for sure. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's what really led me to this medicine is I was like, I'm depressed again. I feel like how I did two years ago. Like I could feel myself slipping back into that same mental state, like two years previous when I had like a full on mental breakdown. And then two years before that I had something similar happen where just like, I just would realizing that every two years, I feel like I'm in the exact same spot in my life. And I don't want this to be my life anymore. I've, Really feel like I've done all the things. I've invested in my mentorship for business. I've always had a coach. I've all, you know, I do what I'm told. Like I started the podcast, I had a Pinterest manager. I'm doing all the things. And you had
0: all the things. All the
1: things. (laughs) And it was all from this place of alignment, but like nothing came easy. So for me, what really drove me was like I wanted to help me with my business. But what the medicine eventually and ultimately showed me is how my whole life was a manifestation of things being hard because of all the ways that I blocked love. I pushed love away. I didn't care about myself. I had, you know, a lot of unprocessed shame, um, all of these things. So it was just my business being hard was just one manifestation of my whole life being hard because of the way I subconsciously chose to see the world through this lens of a fearful lens. And it was all subconscious. You know, it's like, I wasn't, intending that to be my life but it's when you your subconscious mind kind of puts on like the glasses that you see the world with so I had been wearing these glasses without knowing it that like I can't trust people like this I can't you know open my heart this way I have to do everything myself oh people can't help me or they're just going to mess it up like all of these things I made everything so hard and it all came back to certain childhood experiences that I had no idea how to process at that time so it's been a beautiful journey of healing, um, and integrating over the last three years and coming to this place, like I mentioned where, you know, I'm still working at it, but it's like, I feel so good. Like I've never felt more me in my entire life. And I feel, Truly the full spectrum of aliveness. And I think that's really the the gift of being a human, the whole point that we're here, like, we incarnated to be a human. So let's be a human. Let's feel our feelings instead of feeling anxiety in resistance to feeling our feelings. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm still working through some things, but it's just... I no longer run from myself. I have really practical tools to process my feelings and to feel anxiety in a safe way so that I can ultimately diffuse the charge and continue to regulate my nervous system.
0: You said something really powerful. I mean, you said a lot of powerful things, but the lesson, you didn't say this, but this is what I gathered from what you were saying is the lesson, the lesson is going to repeat itself until you learn. And it's going to repeat itself in so many different ways. And you, felt called to the medicine. And I really do love that you said, not everybody needs to do this. I feel that way as well. You know, plant medicine is really kind of trending right now. And I think it's amazing that it's getting the recognition that it deserves. I mean, it's been around forever and ever and ever before we had actual medicine, (laughs) like pharmaceutical medicines. So and I did a podcast on microdosing. I love microdosing. You know, you and I have talked about doing like me coming on one of your retreats that you run so I'm a big fan, but I don't want anybody ever listening to feel like if, if they don't feel called to it or if they don't feel like that's for them, that's okay. You know, like you said, there's so many things you can do, but I think it's really fascinating that you were called to the medicine because you were repeating this pattern every two years and you were like, okay, I'm doing all the things, you know, you are a nutritionist as well. So you were taking care of your physical health. You were doing all the things like, what is the missing piece here? And then what the medicine showed you was something that I will scream from the rooftops until the end of time. I actually don't know if you know that I have two podcasts now.
1: (laughs) I did. I saw it on Instagram. Okay, yeah. 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 There's one with a friend or something like that.
0: Yeah. She's a copywriter and it's basically for like uh, entrepreneurs with anxiety. But I mean, I will say this until the end of time that like, if you are an entrepreneur and you're running a business, or even if you're just a high achieving woman and you're trying to like make it in the world and you're trying to move up your career ladder or whatever it is you're trying to do, if you don't take care of your health, that ain't going to happen. Like it mm-hmm. just literally can't. So I love that you went to this being like, okay, like what blocks for my business can I uncover? And the medicine was like, let
1: me just change your life. Yeah. And that's (laughs) the thing. So you go into it with an intention, but you have to really surrender all control, which is terrifying for somebody with anxiety. And actually I'll tell Mm -hmm. you the funny story. I actually just was at dinner last night with a group of people. And one of the people at dinner happened to be going to an ayahuasca retreat um, in June. She's going in like a month. So she's like, tell me everything. So I was telling her this horrific story of my friend. First ceremony, where to like scare <laughs> you off, but. <laughs> but it was honestly it was the best. But um, yeah, I forget where I was gonna go with that. But I did want to touch on just that, like what like what it kind of feels like to be called to a medicine, because I want yes. people to kind of know what that's like and. Because truly, like these medicines, like you mentioned, Tay, they've been around for millennia. Like they are nature's medicines, nature's healers. And, you know, these indigenous wisdom keepers who have been the stewards of this medicine, like you said, like for forever and ever and ever and ever, there is so much wisdom in here that I can't even begin to comprehend, you know, and the shamans that run these ceremonies, like they are born into this, like these Mm -hmm. men and women who are serving this medicine, they were born into this lineage and have been drinking it, you know, one of the shamans I sat with was probably in his 70s, and he started drinking medicine, at probably 10 or 11 years old. So like, there's wow. just so much openness and expansiveness. Cause the other thing is that you, it can be very shadowy. Obviously I went into like the reasons why my life was the way it was. And I had to learn those lessons and see it that way. But it's also like the, when you can see it from a different perspective, I I, I don't say this word lightly. It's a miracle because your whole, cause it, it's like a whole rewiring of your nervous system to just Create new patterns. And you're so malleable after your brain, especially for like 72 hours after a ceremony like this, that you can actually get in there and really do some work to rewrite these patterns. And then it's just a matter of implementing them in your daily life, which I have been doing over consistently for the last three years to get to this place that I am right now. But These medicines are extremely powerful. There are contraindications with certain medications. So it's absolutely important that if someone is called to this to make sure um, that they're going somewhere where, you know, a person is trained and will do a thorough medical intake and can double check any medications, you know, because it's not necessarily the safest with certain uh, medications. Other things like mushrooms, you know, is another powerful medicine that I also work with. And like you said, I run mushroom retreats, which I love doing. That's my new passion in this universe um but there's so there's our safer ways to maybe work with psychedelics but my kind of foray into it was with ayahuasca and that is like always going to be my 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 mother medicine <laughs> like I love mm. I love it so much I've drank 21 times now so um we've had we've had a beautiful journey together I'm taking a pretty long break it's been like a year and a half since my last my last journey and I'm not called anytime soon but I know I will be again because I i I love it but my work isn't now in those realms my work is to continue doing what I've been shown here you know to live that experience in this life as an earthling you know so um Mm -hmm. in this meat
0: suit in this
1: meat suit exactly but feeling called kind of looks different for different people but It's kind of just like when things continue to show up in your awareness, you know, it's like maybe this podcast is someone's first um, seed that's been planted in their consciousness and they're like, okay, cool. That's really interesting. Never heard of that before, but now maybe it'll start popping up on other podcasts. They'll just like happen to see things on Instagram or people will be talking about it. Oh, I saw this person that I know from high school's Facebook and she just went on this retreat. Like you'll start to see it in other places. And it's just kind of one of those things if it keeps popping up in your awareness, Just to, you know, there's no rush with it, but it's just something to notice. So, you know, it can just that's kind of what it feels like for me to be called. And then once I've kind of been working with medicines, like when I mentioned, oh, I'm not called to ayahuasca right now at all, and I haven't for a long time, it's really just like this feeling of just like I have no excitement to go to an ayahuasca ceremony. And like they're not all intense like that. Like for me, a perfect ceremony is like half shadow, half miracles, you know, like you go there wanting to do some work. So you kind of expect it. So when you go in with that intention, you know, you see what you see and it's not so scary because you're there for that reason, you know, but that trust was cultivated over, you know, 21 ceremonies (laughs) and the integration. It was, it's definitely scary your first few times for sure. Um, But that's really what it feels like. You just kind of have this knowing and, it's kind of, I found it really hard before all of this to connect to my intuition because I had so much anxiety that it was really hard to hear that inner voice. But it's one of those things that if you really just sit and you can kind of feel like, is this something that I'm willing to do? And I and am I equal parts excited and scared? That's kind of the right ratio, in my opinion, to be at because you're never going to not be scared. Like even me, like I'm still scared every time because every time is like a brand new time because you just really don't know. You're going into the infinite unknown. It's, it's bananas. So <laughs> that's the well, only thing. Well, being way. scared
0: and excited are very similar emotions, right? Scare sighted. It's why there's a literal, like, whatever lingo word for it. You know, it's like going on a roller coaster, like you're scared, but you're excited. And it's super fun. Exactly. Petrified of heights. And I still love roller coasters. (laughs) But like, I won't jump off like a cliff at my cottage.
1: Exactly. Like
0: a roller coaster, I'll do you know, Um, I and and just for, you know, complete transparency. I think it's something for anyone listening i have not done ayahuasca i definitely think it's something i will do at some point but i haven't been called yet and i know that uh, i'm super curious about it and i really think it's something that i'll do at some point i first heard about it in 2016 i think because um one of my roommates in university she at the time was dating or engaged to a man whose father is a shaman and so she had done a few ceremonies and I remember her explaining it to me. I remember we were just like lying on a field. I was working at like a yoga studio and she had come and met me and we had gotten like a really healthy meal. We were just lying in the sun and she was telling me about this thing called ayahuasca. I don't think I'd even heard of a shaman before. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are all these things? It sounds so weird. And she described it as like 20 therapy sessions in one kind of thing.
1: Yeah. They describe it as 10 years of therapy in a night. And I can attest to that. Yeah, that's not. kind of like the general like saying they're like oh yeah it's 10 years of therapy yeah. in a night first sh- it's but to be
0: very clear it is not an easy button there is no easy button
1: in life there is no easy <laughs> there's button. no
0: easy button when it comes to your health there's no easy button and um but the, it's, yeah
1: and the, the other lessons
0: things. are like 10 years of therapy in one which can be overwhelming for some people you know Hey, 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 I am quickly interrupting this episode because if you are like me and you are a visual learner, I wanted to let you know about my free one hour webinar class called the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment that walks you through, well, the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment, specifically how to optimize your digestive function, how to fix your gut how to eat in a way that boosts natural neurotransmitter production and reduce inflammation and how to bring your hormones back into balance. I love podcasts for listening to when I'm on walks or driving or cooking or cleaning. They inspire me and give me so many aha moments, but I am a visual learner. So I benefit the most when I can see the information presented in a clear and organized manner, like a slideshow. I don't really remember or retain information that well when it's just presented verbally, which is exactly what I have done for you in my three secrets to natural anxiety banishment training. And within that training, I share the top things that you need to be doing, to optimize digestive function, boost neurotransmitter production, bring your hormones back into balance, all in a beautiful slideshow. So if you haven't watched that, hit the link in the show notes to get your copy of the Three Secrets to Natural Anxiety Banishment free training emailed right to you.
1: Okay, back to the episode. It's exactly so it's you go into it kind of knowing what you want to receive and that you're willing to experience it kind of like at all costs and Mm -hmm. it's what we're taught as well is that like only half the work is in ceremony. People are so afraid of the ceremony, but that's really just half of it. The rest of it is, how, is after and how you live your life because like you that's said- That's what like, I'm
0: excited for. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm called to the integration, but I'm not yet called to the actual ceremony.
1: Yeah. But the thing is you are integrating. We're all integrating every day. Yeah. Like, every time you have a therapy session or something with your coach and like you have a yeah. breakthrough, you're also integrating. Like we integrate every day. And like, this is what I teach my, my clients as well is like, we have these massive shifts, but now we need to solidify them. So I don't necessarily use the word integrate, but I'm like my, my mantra for them at certain points in my course is shift and solidify shift and solidify because we have to integrate that experience into our nervous system Otherwise, we just miss the whole point, because then that new expanded state of being that calm that you just cultivated, if there's no solidification of it, or integration of that experience, your nervous system doesn't register it as like, that's something that's important to me, because we just kept moving on. So we have to take these, these periods where we don't just like rest and pause the course, but there's practical integration tools to help you integrate that into your nervous system so that way when you continue to move forward you're moving forward from a new expanded version of yourself a new level of consciousness a new level of regulation in terms of your body so yeah it's just it's so 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 powerful and um because yeah 50% of the ceremony or 50% of the work is the ceremony the rest of it is how you apply it because it's just as easy to go back to old patterns I was listening to a podcast It was a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't remember who the guest was. And I don't listen to his podcast often, but like this was like- Oh, I do. Yeah, there was like- like, (laughs) My partner loves it. So it's always on. And I do like
0: some of his guests. I do too. He brings on some controversial people, but I I think it's important to hear- I agree.
1: So it was last year when, you know, a lot of the other shenanigans in the universe were going on. I really liked a lot of his content because of the guests he had, because I like hearing different perspectives. So it just helps me be more- sovereign in my own decision making yeah. you know and he
0: was saying what what a lot of people were too afraid to say Agreed. including myself.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so I I loved it so there was a podcast episode of his I listened to last year don't remember the guest but he was describing um kind of like the integration of a plant medicine journey and the way he described it I love so much so now I use it but this is not my analogy I got this from Joe Rogan but he said basically like doing ayahuasca or even another type of plant medicine because even mushrooms like are they're very powerful like there really isn't mm-hmm. a hierarchy in terms of medicines it's really whatever you're called to is what's going to give you that powerful transformation so if someone's really called to mushrooms you can have just as powerful a transformation with mushrooms than ayahuasca <laughs> even though there is this perception that like ayahuasca is like more powerful or whatever if you're called to a medicine that's your medicine you know what i mean like there isn't a hierarchy so i just want to put that and maybe
0: out. your medicine is food yeah and gut support supplements just putting yeah, that out there still you know also like... processing your
1: traumas because the body keeps yes. the score so that's always part of yes. that, part of it
0: that's a wonderful book yeah the body so keeps it's score. funny <laughs> I started
1: to read it before I went on my ayahuasca retreat and I was just like not into it I was like I'm not into this book at all but I'm like I want to read it because the title just oh made you sense were to resisting me. it well I just wasn't into it but then I went right. to ayahuasca and I was like I don't need to read the book my lived experience is the body keeps the score like I yeah. was I was taught trauma and the nervous system and how the body keeps the score by the medicine like literally mm-hmm. like I was taught like the physiology like the 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 physiology of it. It was full-on science lesson. <laughs> it was wild. Um, but anyways, with how Joe Rogan explained it was that after a medicine journey, it's kind of like your whole brain is like a desktop background that just has it's all clean. Like there's no icons on it except one icon. An icon is my old shit and all your old shit is in there and it's just but you have this blank space you have this clean slate but then there's this place that's just like my old shit it's it's literally it's right there and it's always going to be right there this doesn't wipe away your past it's literally part of the experience that made you who you are today at this moment but now what happened is now there's all this space available so you can make different choices whereas before anxiety is an automatic response it's your nervous system responding as a means of protecting you so there isn't a way to pause it doesn't feel like there's a way to pause there's always a way to pause but I mean I struggle with eating disorders and binging and all these things there was no way I was pausing before any of that that was just the state that my nervous system was in to protect me but what happens after a medicine journey is that there's space now I can't explain in any other way but it's all of a sudden any impulsive reaction that you would ever have had it's not impulsive anymore. It becomes a choice that you can clearly see. So that's what happens with integration is that it becomes because right at the beginning, usually for like the first like three days a week after you like feel so good that you're like, I'm never going to go back to my old patterns. Oh my god, that's so me. I can't believe I used to do that. But after about a week, it's kind of like, oh, I want to do that thing. But I know better now. So I'm not going to do that thing. But it feels really hard to not do that thing. So it becomes a conscious choice to not go into that folder that says my old shit, because it's right there. Your nervous system has, in my case, 30 years of programming to respond one way. That's a lot of neural networks that has a lot of cause the nervous system likes familiarity. So,
0: oh yeah. so, it's
1: archaic. <laughs> so if we, as so if I had 30 years of responding one way, that's a lot of familiarity. My nervous system is like, please just let me go back there. It's so much easier to do that, but I have to be like, no, we're going to do this instead. So it's a, it's a conscious effort every single day to choose something new, but the ability and the capacity to choose something new is like, so much more than it ever could have been for me without without medicines but I really liked how Joe Rogan used that analogy because that's exactly how it feels it's just like your old shit's right there and it's so easy to go back into it that's why having integration Is so important, potentially working with an integration coach, which I'm actually back in school for right now to be a plant medicine integration coach, because I'm following my dharma, you know, and that's just what lights me up so much, because
0: I mean, you've been saying that since I met you.
1: Yeah, because the 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 medicine, like I said, it's just half of it, the integration Mm -hmm. is truly like, it's what lights me up, you know, and that's what I love about the work that I do with my clients, even in the cancer niche is that I'm helping them integrate new patterns so that they live a joyful life without anxiety. And that feels good because I'm helping people live a better life. It's the integration that's always the exciting part to me. So yeah, it, it's it's so important to have integration, to have tools, have a mentor, have a coach, have a therapist, because you're not meant to do it all alone. Um, but it's definitely a journey that no one else can walk for you because you're the one who has to resist going into that folder that says my old shit. You have to be the one to do it, but it can be really hard at the beginning. And if having a coach is there, like, oh, it would be so amazing. And that's why I love the work that you do because it is really hard when someone wants to shift out of an anxiety pattern and they don't know another way of being. And it's just baby steps. You know, we got to start with the food so we can just literally give you like – the straight up physical capacity to be able to make different choices, because you need to balance your neurotransmitters, you know what I mean? But even Mm -hmm. like with me, like you mentioned, I am a nutritionist. So I was doing all those things. And I was doing the yoga. And I had coaches and I know the belief system. And I was working on that. And I was doing all my, you know, limiting beliefs around money and all of those things. And I still was ended up where I was with anxiety undiagnosed and all those things. So it's definitely like, those are really important pieces. And actually I had to really tweak my nutrition just about a year and a half ago. And this now with way more protein and no longer intermittent (laughs) fasting, because that was also breaking my soul and my, my spirit every day. Um, But those things, plus all the other things that I'm doing has created this level of, Um, just safety within myself that I truly had never felt before.
0: Yeah, I get so many questions on intermittent fasting because it's just like everybody's talking about intermittent fasting. Everybody's talking about keto, again, as if it's this like magic pill solution. So I get so many questions from women and, and intermittent fasting is so specific. Like you have to do it a specific way and the body has to be like supported in a specific way and women have to do it differently and it's not going to work like across the board. And if you have people. stress
1: and if you had chronic stress and anxiety, it's the worst thing for you. you yeah. Know? And like if your
0: adrenals are tapped out, which often they are. Yeah. um. It doesn't mean you can never do it. Like I've done it for a long time. And then when I went into burnout, I had to stop. Like Mm -hmm. I had to tweak what I was doing because what I was doing was no longer serving me. And that can happen multiple times throughout your life. And it's really hard. Like the, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I grew up playing, I was a competitive soccer player. So I always had coaches as a soccer player. And so to me, it's not this crazy idea that if like you want to get better at something, you hire a coach you know um same thing with your health like everybody has their jobs that they went to school for like if i'm not an interior designer if i ever wanted to like ball out i would hire an interior designer mm-hmm. you know if i if you want to like get learn something about your health you hire a nutritionist or a dietitian or you work with a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor or something like that but i find it so interesting that it just it boggles so many people like so many people think that their health should be intuitive mm-hmm. And even just hearing like your story with having it from such a young age and the trauma and the eating disorders and just like having that nervous system dysregulation at such a young age, that's gonna impact your 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 that's gonna impact your decision to make intuitive decisions about what you eat. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Totally. Yeah. I was so disconnected from my intuition. I started to reconnect to it after my, my cancer diagnosis. That was like this big, like mm-hmm. awakening moment in my life. And I started to just like make decisions for me. Cause that was like, I, at the time I was an accountant and you know, I thought that I made lots of money and that that's what would make me valuable. So I bought a house in the suburbs and I was just like, I had this moment. I'm like, I'm 27. I made it. Yeah. I was like, I'm 27. I'm single. And I have a house in the suburbs. Like everything is wrong with that sentence. And I was just like, so literally like my cancer treatment finished. I literally sold my house one week later. And I was just like, then I went, ended up enrolling in nutrition school, like six months after that, it was just like decision after decision that just like, it felt easy. And like, these were big deals to like sell a house, move to, you know, I was living um, in a different city and then I moved to like outside of Toronto for, for school. Um, So selling a house, leaving careers, moving cities, like these are giant decisions, but they just like, didn't really scare me that much. I was just like, no, that just for some reason just feels like a good, good idea, you know? So I started to reconnect my intuition, you know, through that journey. And even though I still had anxiety at that point, um undiagnosed obviously but high functioning yeah like
0: this is very high functioning anxiety oh yeah we keep ourselves busy (laughs) yeah so
1: you can just imagine because I was a crazy high performer so you can just imagine the state of my adrenals like and like they're still not great it is a process I am heavily invested with my naturopath right now because because I was working with you know my adrenals for so many years and even just like the last like three after the medicine I was still just like there's I'm still struggling with like pretty extreme fatigue and there's certain things, you know, that um I still feel health-wise that I'm going through some challenges. Um, Some of it is a result of the surgery I had for my cancer treatment. Like I'm missing some organs that like are pretty important from from things. Sure. But and
0: chemo is it's hard on the system. Yeah, right? and, and
1: that was like almost nine years ago. But like you know, I so I don't have like a latent thing from that. But like I lost right. an ovary, so that puts extra stress on your adrenals and all of these things. So yeah, it was mostly like I still have these these health issues that I'm working through, but. All the supplements that I took, it's like they didn't really work that well, because I was still in such a dysregulated state. So now I literally messaged my naturopath. And I was like, I am ready to do whatever it takes, because I know that I'm actually going to be I'm in a place where I could truly allow myself to feel better, like body, mind, spirit aligned. I'm I'm doing the work truly deeply at the nervous system level daily that I can receive the gifts of whatever supplements I choose to take now because I, I'm i so committed to feeling the best because even just how I feel now with the fatigue that I feel, I still feel better than I ever have than I can remember, like pre-diagnosis, you know, which was like pre-adrenal fatigue I was still probably in stage 2 one adrenal fatigue at that point where you it's like high adrenaline. So that's why you can push through yeah. life and like be in your twenties and stay out all night and party and go to work in the morning and do all those things. It's like, you're just running on cortisol and adrenaline. You're going to burn out by the time you're 30, you know? So, um, Oh my
0: gosh. If not sooner, if like not sooner. Greg, uh, I'm was talking to someone the other day who, uh, went into burnout. Let it, cause she was going through the medical system. And so unfortunately she wasn't getting, it's very hard to get a medical, I don't even like a medical doctor to be like, Oh, this is burnout. You know, Mm -hmm. like it took her years and years and years. And by the time then she was just like so deep in it, that it took her about five years to pull herself out. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like uh, for me, it was seven months and I caught it super early, but I'm excited for you because the adrenals, as you know, are so linked to the nervous system. So you're doing all this nervous system regulation work and all this nervous system integration and all this stuff that you're doing daily. But we also have to look at the physical body. Mm -hmm. And so this is just you taking that next step with the integration where it's like, okay, now I'm ready for that deep, 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 deep adrenal work, which is going to have a massive impact on the nervous system I can't
1: wait. I honestly, I'm so excited. I'm seeing her next month and I'm just like, give me – everything like I am so ready to receive this like because I've I've always been invested in my health but it was just mm-hmm. it I feel like it just basically kept me like at bay which was never at a great spot you know I just feel like I probably would have had another mental breakdown had I not been taking all the adrenal support that I was taking but now I'm at a place where I'm like no, nope, I'm ready and I want to feel the best that I can and I have the capacity and the tools to process my feelings that I'm good now, you know? I, I just want to continue to to really tonify my my adrenals and really support my whole my whole system.
0: Oh, love that. Okay, can you give us some very specific examples of maybe two or three for each category? So, what have you done to support the physical body? That you feel really moved the needle with your anxiety what have you done to support your mental body that you feel really moved the needle and what have you done to support your emotional body
1: ooh okay physical body number one stopping intermittent fasting that has completely changed my life so as we talked about like if you're in chronic stress like your adrenals are tapped out so doing something like intermittent fasting Um, it's only going to tax your adrenals more because your body doesn't understand what is happening. So it puts it into like more of a fight or flight response. So it just taxes Mm -hmm. your adrenals. And what happens is people don't know that your adrenals are not just for stress response. They also help regulate blood sugar in the absence of food. So because you're so stressed out, your nervous system, your adrenal system doesn't register this fast as healing, like, oh, let's detoxify. It registers it as like, danger let's start the blood sugar response so you're not even getting the benefits of intermittent fasting because the whole point is to not have blood sugar response happening so that's why you could probably still like have cravings and not lose weight intermittent fasting so i was taught i couldn't this. agree more yeah so i was taught.
0: i'm like here here yeah
1: so i was taught all this in nutrition school so i but i was also like you know I went to nutrition school shortly after my diagnosis. So at this point in my life, I was very much like, I got to heal everything. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to intermittent fast. So I remember trying intermittent fasting and knowing that like my adrenals were were shot at the time. But I was like, okay, I'm going to slowly do it. So I started at like 12 hours, then 13, then 14, then 15. Then I got up to 16 and I stayed there. But because I did it slowly. Every day? Your whole cycle? Pardon? Like you didn't do it cyclically? Oh, no, either? I did not do it oh, properly. Girl. Yeah, I know. I, I did it so, so wrong. Trust me. Like this, I, so wrong. So, but you I- You did it, you
0: did it the man way. I did
1: it the man way. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I, and I did it that way for a long time. Okay. But because I slowly built my way up, I thought that I was fine, you know, but I obviously was not. So then obviously I did all my healing, ayahuasca, mushrooms, all of that. And I was really good, but I was still intermittent fasting because my body just got used to like just not eating until later. So I literally, I was not hungry. I wasn't hungry. Exactly. So I just, I wasn't hungry. So I thought, oh, that's my body just doing its thing I'm doing a great Mm -hmm. job with intermittent fasting no it was like exactly what you said like my hormones are so out of whack my body won't even register that I'm hungry so it's just routine it's like we're gonna get her hungry at this point so finally I stopped intermittent fasting because during this time I still had really intense cravings for sugar and I no longer binge, um, but the tendency to want to have sugar was still always really intense for me. So I always had to be like, no, like I don't actually want that. What do I need? You know, meet the unmet need, whatever it was, but it was always there. I always had sugar cravings every day of my life those sugar cravings are gone it was like the day I stopped intermittent fasting like sugar dysregulation yeah it was like the next day I had no more sugar cravings and I was it was like it was an immediate thing and then I started having a lot of protein for breakfast and that was just and then ever since then I've just wow so that would be the number one thing so anyone with anxiety I would say stop intermittent fasting and have protein for breakfast um and I'm, you know, a big kind of animal protein as well. I pretty much have eggs every day. But at certain points in my cycle, I just like literally have steak for breakfast. Like it just makes me makes, so happy. Like I love, love I love breakfast. steak for breakfast. And eat with my hands. I feel so primal. Yes, yeah, I do that too. My, <laughs> men, my mentor told me she does that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But
0: my uh, half of my family is uh, they're from Sri Lanka. So eating with hands is not weird but I've never seen anyone eat a steak with hands and I tried it it actually I'm just like oh, it oh yeah it was like
1: just this intuitive that. thing where I was like I don't yes. want to cut this I just like, want to eat this with my hands yes so yeah I eat steak with my hands for breakfast if, like you know for like a solid week every month like it just makes me feel the like best like our ancestors like do. our ancestors exactly <laughs> so I would say those would be the two things for my physical body um so no longer intermittent fasting and having breakfast specifically protein for breakfast you know if someone's a vegan I support your decision but just have protein for breakfast um and have protein snacks if you need them throughout the day so like protein bars are key so those would be the biggest things for my physical body. Um, and also I would say like rest, but I'm also, I recognize my privilege Mm -hmm. in the situation that I am an entrepreneur and I do make my own schedule. I don't have kids and I don't have a nine to five to go to. So I really was devoting the last like eight months since I actually moved to Mexico last year and I moved back like eight months ago. I really moved the last eight months I've committed to rest. So I'm very grateful. Um, so if Just give yourself permission to rest um, as often as you can, whatever your schedule, you know, and family priorities allow just to like even just honor it. And one of the trauma teachers that I worked with, um, he actually said that like if you and I never thought about it this way, and this actually ties into like the uh, mental and the emotional things that you that you asked as well, is that when if we're really tired and we push through it, like we get more coffee, then we just keep running the errands or whatever. We're actually violating a boundary with our bodies because our being tired yes. is a boundary, is a is a signal that your body's telling you that something, you know, you need rest. So by pushing through it, it actually creates more of like, like a distrust, even like subconsciously with your body that like you're not listening, um, which just creates a lot of like energetic um, turmoil, you know, um, in, in that oh God, type, that type of sense. I say
0: this all the time. I'm like self Self-care is not pedicures and massages and going to the spot. Listen, those things are great. Self-care is resting when your body is tired and tells you it needs rest. It's eating enough food. It's Mm -hmm. eating enough protein. It's not intermittent fasting. It's going for a walk every day. Like that's self-care. The other stuff is great. Yeah. (laughs) Pamper yourself. You deserve it. Mm -hmm. But self-care at its core. And I love that. I love that about the boundary. Yeah. I never heard it said
1: like that before. And I was like, that was really, that just landed with me. I was like, I really like that because again, with like ayahuasca and a lot of my journeys, it was really just showing me all the ways that I was, I I violated trust with myself and I violated my own boundaries. Like my body was asking for something and I did the opposite. And there was just so much grief with that, so much shame around that. And it was super, Mm. super hard. But again, the integration is now I just listen to my body. And the crazy thing is that being a successful human and by successful, I mean like healthy, vibrant, joyful, living in the present moment. It's so freaking simple. We just complicate the fuck out of it it's crazy make it
0: so hard (laughs) like your
1: body is always telling you what's up and what it needs we just don't listen so when I heard that oh when you're tired and you don't rest you violated a boundary with your body I was like oh shit all right like I'm gonna make sure that I always rest when my body tells me and obviously you can't do it like 100% of the time but I'm really really good about it like 98% of the time like I hadn't seen my boyfriend in like a week and a half and I was so excited to see him, but I had my nephew visiting with my sister and he's like 16 months and just like doesn't sleep great. And I was so tired. I was exhausted. I was just like, I literally was like, I have to cancel plans with someone I really wanted to see. And I knew it wouldn't seem like another week as he was traveling. And I was just like, great. This is the month that we don't see each other. And I'm okay with that because I actually need to sleep more than anything right now. So, um, so I'm really good about honoring that as a boundary. But you asked for the emotional body. And what was the other one? Mental. Mental. Yeah. It's all
0: three, guys.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> your health
0: I, is all three.
1: So the mental and emotional, I kind of lump them together. I know they're different, but the one that I feel called to really share right now it kind of does tie them together. And that's what I like about it because we are an ecosystem. The physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic. We're all intertwined. So kind of addressing each one in isolation is important because like obviously addressing the physical is the physical but when you address the physical that gives you capacity to address Mm -hmm. the mental and emotional but I really got into somatic work um that was the biggest thing for me because I just knew I needed to do deeper work on the nervous system so what somatic work is for anyone who doesn't know it's working directly with your body specifically the nervous system to release stored energy emotions rewiring the patterns that are stored in your body because as we mentioned and the body keeps the score so anytime you violate a boundary your body remembers and it kind of puts neural network programming being like constricting like lauren doesn't listen to this so i have to continue to build constriction around this and we can get into so much with that but the somatic work has been extremely powerful for me because as someone who struggled with anxiety Living in mental loops and making up stories about things and just having my thoughts go because everyone's thoughts are running on circles 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I just thought that was me, but it's everybody. That's how minds work. So, really, just understanding that was key. But somatic work really helped me kind of be able to start to watch my mind because I was able to create separation from it. Because what happened with me, and I think with most people with anxiety, is that when we're thinking so much, and our thoughts are going a million miles an hour, we are kind of looking at them as them, like there's where there's not like a higher consciousness, we're not the witness of our thoughts. So when we're kind of going through things, and for me, I tend to have so many thoughts that I like will dissociate. So you know how people will be like driving a car, and they'll be like, I don't even know how I got here. Like I do that all the time. But I do that, not just driving, I do that with like, walking i will be journaling in the morning and i'll look down at my paper and i'll be mid-sentence and i won't know how long i was out for because i just i go off somewhere Like my my if i'm not careful that is the level of dissociation that happens to me multiple times throughout the day if i'm not like on that shit and start to watch my mind so what somatic work has done is it helped me work with the emotional body in the mental body, and the physical body all in one, because it helps you, because it learns, it teaches you how to listen to your body through the language of your body, which is sensation. So literally knowing what anxiety feels like in my body, different points at different times, different days. But oftentimes, you know, if I'm stressed about something, just asking questions like, where is this in my body? What color is it? what does it feel like? Is it heavy? Is it sharp? Is it cold? Um, You know, what's the emotion behind it? And just asking those questions instantly puts you into the, perspective of witness because if you can see hey there's this sensation in my shoulders that are blue and it's like icy and cold and it's sharp and it's swirling around in circles well then you're watching it so then you're no longer Mm -hmm. it so being able because we always say you know we're not our thoughts and I put things like that on my Instagram all the time before I even realized that I had anxiety. Like we're not our thoughts, you know, but it's like but I I was my thoughts because I had mm-hmm. no capacity to become the witness of it. So I like somatic work because it ties all of that together, and for me being able to be the witness of those thoughts is so powerful because again, like I'll just be journaling and I'll look down at my paper mid sentence and like where did I go so it, it's still like this innate thing that happens to me but I can come back and be like okay well I just associated so what's going on here and then I can do somatic inquiry so and then it puts me back in witness consciousness which is really really important so I would say that's been the biggest thing for me and I'm very very passionate about somatic work and going back to the what we talked about earlier in the conversation is like not everybody needs to do plant medicine right there's it's at the end of the day We need to heal our physical body because we're experiencing the discomfort in our physical body, but it's this ultimate recognition that the discomfort in our physical body is being created by physical imbalances like nutrition, supplements, gut health, all of those things, hormones, but that that physical discomfort is also being created by um, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances as well. So as long as we're looking at all of those things, then we can get to peace and harmony and ease within. In our bodies and that's why you know most of my clients never want to do psychedelics a few of them are actually coming to my retreat which I'm really excited about but at the end of the day and I actually redid my entire curriculum after my ayahuasca retreat because I just like understood trauma and the nervous system in a whole new way that I'm like we got to teach this in a different way now. So this is the new thing. So I basically made my course and I'm sure yours is the same. It's like an ayahuasca ceremony without the ayahuasca because you're addressing the physical, mental, emotional, energetic components that create the, the, the anxiety, or in my case, the dis-ease in someone's body. And you're addressing it from all, all the angles. So they have capacity to make different choices and the integration support to continue to make those choices long after our programs end, you know? Um, So, it's just a beautiful tool for anyone who can do any type of somatic work. So whether it's through your course, you know, I'm sure you do some sort of somatic work with them, a somatic therapist, um, even just starting to YouTube like somatic inquiry on, on on YouTube just to see because that's to me been life changing in terms of being able to tie all of the work together because you're literally doing the healing in real time from all angles in one exercise in your body so it's to me it's like the most efficient and for anyone who's curious like ayahuasca and plant medicines they're somatic practices because again they're addressing all of it through the portal of your body that's why it's so efficient um but you can do somatic inquiry and other types of somatic work um so those that would be my biggest thing let me think if there's anything else for like mental or emotional
0: Yeah. And while you're thinking for anyone listening, I have an episode, episode 14, breaking up with people pleasing that, uh, we talk a lot about somatic practices. And I think there's five examples that, um, we give in that podcast. It's another therapist that I had on, and she does a lot of somatic work and she gives five very specific examples because it's, it's getting into the body and moving with the body, but it's more than just doing yoga because you're actually, there's intention behind it. It's not just going out for a walk or going to the gym. Like it's, it's there's you're moving the body and you're moving the energy through the body and you're working with the body but with intention to bring in like you said the energetic the mental the emotional yeah because that's the thing because
1: somatic is just working with the energy of your body to move Mm -hmm. what's stuck so that's why Mm -hmm. going for a walk going to yoga exercise in general but what i like to explain somatics is that it's that with intention but Mm -hmm. getting into the nervous system specifically because going for a walk exercise it is it's moving the energy but when we can do specific practices to rewrite a pattern, that to me is what deep somatic work is. Because any type of movement is really a somatic practice. But when we can do it in a way that's going to um, and I took a lot of like somatic experiencing courses specifically on trauma and healing the nervous system as part of my integration. So a lot of the language that I use now is from that work. Like I just understand the nervous system now and how we can create capacity by uncoupling what we have kind of tied together as like, oh, like I'm in this situation. I have to feel anxiety. Like I can uncouple specific reactions by then repatterning my nervous system. So there's mm-hmm. definitely exercises that I I like. So I love the inquiry run because for me, it's my mental chatter that always gets me. So I like that because it stops the spiral and gets me to become like the witness again. So that's my favorite somatic practice. Movement. Um, so dancing for me has been extremely powerful.
0: I love
1: dancing. I Intuitive can talk about dancing, dancing yeah. all day. I host Ecstatic Dances here in Windsor now too. Like you ec- do? Ecstatic oh, Dance has changed my life as an integration practice for sure. Um, for even just developing my own, for, for feeling confident in my own body and Oh so power embracing my authenticity and my yeah. uniqueness, that's been extremely powerful for me. So that's why I love ecstatic dance as a somatic practice and an integration tool. Another somatic practice that I love um I mean breath work we could talk about breath work too as like a that's actual... what I do in
0: my program yeah
1: okay I love breath work as well we're doing two breath mm-hmm. work um ceremonies at our retreat as well because it's a very somatic and embodiment experience so two breath works a mushroom and an ecstatic dance so we're doing I four love ceremonies direction you're going yeah in. I'm just I'm obsessed with I'm the like, nervous system <laughs> yeah well we're doing one in September so hopefully you can come to okay, that okay yeah
0: maybe I'll come to that yeah I have I'm out of, I think I told you I'm out of town at this summer. for yeah, wedding, But that's, like, I'm, I'm like, Christmas we got wedding.
1: September day. I'd yeah. Love that. Okay. How September. Yeah. I'm
0: going to bookmark that I'll message you afterwards. Yeah. Week, so. Um,
1: so yeah. And then I would say like something else that I really like, and I've kind of fallen out of it. And my therapist last week was just like, you need to do this again. Cause like you're slipping. And I'm like, you're right. I am slipping. This is why I pay you, you know, to yeah. tell me. They
0: can see your blind spots. Yeah. That's like me with my clients. Like my clients will come to me and they'll be like, I can't do this, but it's because they're just like, tunnel vision exactly and they're seeing one we thing we all have like, blind spots when it comes oh to ourselves that's us. why
1: I love I having a therapist a, yeah. like so.
0: I have a therapist I have a naturopathic doctor
1: God like, is blessed my I therapist <laughs> like
0: love her I can't see everything on my own yeah like you can't see the whole forest exactly you know? and
1: it's like for me like most of the time I feel like I'm like giving myself therapy because I still have an avoidant attachment so I don't necessarily like to do processing when I have a mm. therapist I'm, and I see her every two weeks sometimes I'll be like okay I don't feel like doing this right now, but I know I have therapy next week. So I'll just process it in session. And then I'll literally do my own somatic inquiry. And I do it all off the session. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I'm like, and she just holds the space for me. But then she obviously is great at her job and can call me forward when she sees it. But that's kind of why I have therapy right now is I'm still like, I have this avoidant pattern and I honor where I'm at. Like, I just like having therapy there. But Oh, um, I'll be
0: in therapy forever like I don't, I don't I, I, it helps me navigate I don't go as consistently anymore but I, I I go as needed and sometimes that means a couple times a month and sometimes that means six or eight months will pass yeah of it. inevitably things are going to happen in life mm-hmm. and I've been working with her since 2016 so she knows me inside and out and so I can go to her and just be like this is what happened like help me navigate it please and that's why
1: I like talking about therapy um with you and on this podcast because I still think there is a bit of a stigma around it and I really just like sharing that hey like we are these anti like anxiety queens yet we still have therapy (laughs) because I know how I feel when I don't have therapy and I don't like that I feel like right now going exactly like i was saying you know tying it all together like the the joe rogan analogy where it's like my old shit it's still there so i know when i don't have therapy just like knowing that i have it keeps me accountable to choosing to not go back into that folder and i am still at a place where like it's not fully 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 integrated that i know when i don't have therapy i can feel myself want to open that folder and i'm just like why make it hard on myself? I did so much work to get to this place. So I'm still working a bit more. I, I go, I have it every two weeks and that's what feels good right now. I'm sure it'll be a point in time where maybe I'll be more on as needed like you, but I love the fact that I have therapy and I love talking about how much I love that I have a therapist because I had such a stigma around it for so long and I don't want there to be a stigma around it anymore because it's so powerful and it's so valuable and it's so good to have someone on your team who can call mm-hmm. you forward, because we all have blind spots. I'm not a therapist, I'm a great coach, and I can spot my patterns. But I also am not a trained therapist to necessarily provide the integration support to help me reframe that in a way that's going to work specifically for me and my body and my nervous system. But
0: and even if you were, you wouldn't maybe see it because yeah. it's you and you're too close to it. Exactly. And- I love that you said call forward yeah. instead of call out. Like yeah, call forward. Yeah, language. for sure.
1: I'm and that's another thing the medicine has told me is just like how fucked up our language is. It's like Oh, don't even.
0: I'm such a stickler about
1: that. I am too. So even <laughs> I'm really glad that you caught that and that landed with you because, you know, words are frequencies and really just noticing what we say, it's I don't even
0: say like I'm busy. Like it slips sometimes, but I say I'm full. Like if someone's like, how was your week? And if it was a busy
1: week, I'll be like, oh, it was so full. Ooh, I actually say busy. So I'm going to start saying full. Okay. Thank you. Hey, yeah. yeah. I like that a Little lot. Little Language. Hacks. Yeah. I like that a lot. But my therapist, when she called me forward, she was like, you know, you should start EFT tapping again. So that was what I was going to say is like another practical tool for my emotional body. Yes,
0: I do that in my program too. I, I love it. I
1: really, really, really like it. Cause I still, and I used to judge myself for not like wanting to meditate or be a great meditator because honestly, I love to meditate. It just takes me a long time to get into it. So it's like, I have to be there for at least an hour, an hour and 20 minutes to really get into a deep meditative state. And I don't want to sit there for an hour and 20 minutes when I could have the same result with something in like 15 minutes with tapping. So that's just who I am. And I kind of resigned to the fact that I go through seasons where I'll meditate, but they're rare. Now that I have tapping, I I love that as a tool. So I think for someone with anxiety who probably also has a hard time sitting still and sitting with their thoughts, especially becoming the observer of your thoughts, which is the whole point of meditation. And I couldn't do that until relatively recently. It's for me, tapping is so great because you don't have to, your 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 mind's engaged. It's something that's active, but it is working at the nervous system level as well. So and it's also getting your mental mind engaged. So it's like bringing harmony between the two. So I think that's part of the reason why it works so well for me is that it's not actually so much like the meridians that I'm tapping in terms of like how that's re-regulating my nervous system. It's more about the fact that as I'm doing that, my mind is focused on what the words that I'm saying because it's active. So it's getting my mind and my my nervous system kind of in harmony together. And I think that's what's had the greatest impact because this this monkey mind, it's wild. So anything that I can do that can slow it down and get it focused on the present moment to bring harmony to my nervous system is key for me. That's why I don't like meditating. I'm all about things like dance um, and things like EFT tapping and breath work as well because you're doing I would argue
0: that breath work is meditation like to me meditation mindfulness and breath work they're the same to me and if you can at least just do one of them then
1: you're crushing it yeah exactly so those are the somatic practices that I really enjoy so EFT breath work um somatic inquiry and dance those are my top four
0: I love that I took like a sexy heels dance for a long time, and it was so like empowering. It made me feel so good. I was terrible.
1: I'm literally (laughs) in the process of looking that up right now. They don't have anywhere I live, but I'm looking them up to see where the closest one is because I've been wanting to really take my dance in that direction because it's still something sensual and like
0: empowering as a female Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. I loved it. Unfortunately, the classes were really late at night and I I have really strong boundaries around my sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I did eventually let it go, but I do hope to one day find one that's maybe at a a better time or there must be like an online. There are some online. And that
1: was so funny you mentioned that because yesterday I had a ping and it was like, I remember I found this like sensual dance coach online like, a year ago, and I just, like, wasn't in a place where I could invest in myself at that point, but I remember I screenshotted it, and I was just, like, and it came into my mind yesterday, and it was, this was over a year ago, so I was, like, interesting thing, yeah, so I was, like, I have to go back through my photos from last year and find it, it. I will, it (laughs) was definitely online, and what I loved about her is that, um, actually, it's gonna be so easy to find her, so, because I don't know if you watched this on, on, I was on Prime, it was Lizzo's show on Prime, let's hear it for Mm -hmm. the big girls, this show no, changed that
0: sounds so good. my life,
1: Tay. Okay, it's life-changing, <laughs> but um, you should watch it. Basically, Lizzo's amazing and she wanted to have more backup dancers because she, like, has bigger stadiums that she in stages so she needed more dancers but she's a queen she's a queen so she couldn't find representation for plus size dancers so she put a call out and she was like hey if you're a big girl and you can dance send an audition and we're gonna do it was basically like a, a reality show where you got to audition to be one of her backup dancers but it wasn't like competitive like there's only two spots it was like everybody is welcome. We will take all of you, but you have to be able to have the stamina because her, mm-hmm. her athletes, these these dancers, like oh,
0: those shows freaking are crazy. Athletes like,
1: like the stamina yeah. to be able to perform like that for an hour and, and a to half. Sing and dance at the same time. Yeah, like that? Like, well, the backup holy. singer or the backup dancers are just dancing, but still, of course. they so are their. So what she put them through to make sure they could have their stamina and to actually be able to perform and keep that stamina and the professionalism and the talent up that whole time, it was incredible. But it wasn't just like a physical competition because she's all about like the mental, emotional, energetic and spiritual side. So the exercises she put these these um, dancers through really called them forward to like challenge their own insecurities and let go of society's expectations of them. It was like I was in tears every single episode episode it was amazing I forget the whole point of why I brought this up but oh I know, we so talking, oh, it
0: won't be that hard to find so her. one
1: so this the the um sensual dance coach that I found she was a guest on one of the episodes most beautiful show I I watched it multiple times I cried every episode I was so inspired and so empowered but that's how I can go back and I can find this dance coach because she it, it was from Lizzo's show <laughs>
0: okay send that to me Tangent. and I'm gonna oh, yes. go watch that show I love this conversation thank you so much (laughs) why don't we just close it off where do you have it what would you say to you know maybe women who are because you've had such a journey with your health like it's just so inspiring what would you say to the women who are in it right now and they feel like there's just there's no way out that they're just gonna be stuck
1: hmm you know This is something that I say to my prospective clients all the time is that your circumstances aren't who you are, they're just where you are. And but it's just like we're so attached to them because we've identified with them. So it's going back to what I was saying is like when we are experiencing our thoughts, we're experiencing them as them, we're not the witness of it. So if you can just tap into this future version of yourself who can just like look above and even just like watch down on you and just say, Hey, it's okay. Like this is just a moment in time of your life. There is help on the other side, but you won't create a different result if you keep doing the same things. So Mm -hmm. I would say your circumstances aren't who you are. Who you are is an incredible being who has so much to offer this world. Your circumstances are just where you are. And if you want to change your circumstances, then you have to do something different because nothing changes if nothing changes. So the simplest place would be just eat more protein and start having breakfast as like, you don't want to invest any money in your your mental health, you know, because I honor everyone's journey with where they're at in terms of their, their work, their, their financial situation. So that's the simplest place to start. But if you have any if you really want to make a change, then it's about recognizing that nothing changes if nothing changes and invest in yourself, like take that step to get better. You know, like, I don't want anyone to have to hit a rock bottom like I did, like when I had that mental breakdown, like two years before I did my ayahuasca ceremony, I was like, I, I'm like, I don't ever want to go back to that place again. Like that was actually terrifying for me. So then when I felt myself starting to slip back into that same headspace, that's when I was like, I'm going to go do plant medicine, because clearly I'm not getting something. I don't ever want to feel the way I did two years before. So I don't want people to have to hit this rock bottom. Um, because that's not a that's not a great place to be. Cause then it's really, really hard to climb your way back up and out of that. But absolutely it's possible for anybody to feel really good in their bodies regardless of their circumstances. And I love listening to podcasts with inspiring guests because it helps me remember that you know, a lot of people were exactly where where I was. And they had really intense traumas that I didn't necessarily even have anything like that. And they have come out the other side stronger. And if it's possible for those people, it's possible for me as well. And it's just a matter of taking the steps. But with the with the recognition that, the way that you are again it's not who you are it's just where you are but that's a product of all the little choices that you've made up till that point so to have compassion for yourself because the true version of you didn't know that she was making he or she or they were making those those choices because they were subconscious so just have compassion and patience for your journey because those patterns probably took decades so they're not going to take they're not going to heal overnight but when you work with a mentor who can really distill a complex problem down into a simple solution that maybe is like a 12-week course or whatever it is it's like do that because you'll be infinitely further ahead in 12 weeks following a proven system than you will struggling for 12 weeks on your own and then recognizing that 12 weeks isn't the solution it's the starting point to get you truly out of the weeds so that way now the way I would explain like with my clients is like my 12-week course by the end of it it's like they now have a blank monitor with one folder called my old shit and then the rest of the screen is blank. So they have to go now consciously choose from that moment forward to fill their life with joy and choose the new patterns. And I'm sure it's the same thing with you and your program is that like, it's people think that that's the end result and you're all better. No, that's literally just your fresh start. That's the fresh start you've been asking for because you want a different life. You can't have a fresh start on rocky, rocky, like oh, if you don't have a solid foundation so to get a solid foundation we got to adjust the physical mental emotional energetic bodies really rewire those patterns get your nervous system regulated and then you can go consciously co-create the most magical life that you want from that place so yeah just like recognize that it's possible and that you won't get there if you make choices from the same level of like consciousness that got you there and that's not even like my quote that's like an Einstein quote like he was one who said you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it it's like this isn't new information we just have to apply it to our lives and we just get so attached to our circumstances because we identify with them but yeah you're not your thoughts you're not your circumstances and there's practical tools that can help you create that separation you just got to learn them and learn from someone who's done it
0: Damn, I'm gonna have to re-listen to that because that was (laughs) gold. (laughs) And I say that too all the time with my program. It's like, listen, in 12 weeks, I'm gonna tell you everything you need to know from like a diet, gut health, lifestyle, nervous system, stress management, nutrient deficiency perspective, what you need to do. And then you have to keep doing it from there. It's not like, oh, 12 weeks, magically every single thing in the entire world that's ever happened or every symptom you've had is solved, but that's what you need to know and then you continue to apply that forever and ever and ever until the end of time Mm -hmm. where can people find you where can they connect with you
1: so if anybody knows anyone who's diagnosed with breast cancer i still have that coaching business so feel free to direct them to my instagram which is um at i am breast cancer thriver and if anybody um, was really interested in coming on one of my Divine Feminine Mushroom Retreats, which are freaking epic, um, the best way to get in touch with me is still actually through Instagram at IamBreastCancerThriver. And I will be changing that handle at some point, but right now while I'm still running That cancer coaching business and also my retreat business. It's just kind of all in one together. Um, So that's the best way to get in touch with me. And um, yeah, I know this episode won't come out in time for my next retreat, but it will hopefully be out by the September one. So maybe I'll. Yeah, I think it'll come out in like
0: August, early August. Awesome. I'm a bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for
1: coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was super fun.
0: And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality, and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action, and the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer, the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner client relationship with me and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.